Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Oh, the hallowed walls of the studio have been lit up once more. It's Wednesday. I lied to you on Tuesday. I made a terrible error. We thought we'd bring you more Murphy stocks on Wednesday and then the boys can be in your ears on Thursday. Just think you didn't have enough on Tuesday. You had no. enough news, that's for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> there seems to be lots, lots going on. I would uh, I would ask you about tour again, Murph, but we'll go down another rabbit hole and we may have to do a Saturday pod at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> I felt it was important to, to cover off uh, context. I, I enjoyed it, mate. I learned a lot. So, And, uh, you know, because it brings us on to a nice point that we uh, exchanged some messages over the weekend you about college football. And you had made, you had listened to an inferior podcast to this one uh, that had advised you to wage your money your own money, and then I remember distinctly saying, I would probably avoid those, and but you'd already made the bet. Yeah, no, uh, no, only one of them. Oh, okay. I only made the one, the first one I mentioned about the Gators, Yeah, and that was because I'd done it at work, and I didn't want my bet slip to disappear, so I'd punched the ticket, and then you said, don't do it, and I went to not do it, forgetting, and I was like, mm, damn it. But the other one I didn't, so I didn't lose on that one. There you go. Yeah, came out even this week, which was disappointing. It's worth pointing out, I'm not touting myself as a college football expert, but I watch a reasonable amount of SEC. Um, so SEC teams, I, I know reasonably well. I've watched them for m- many years. Um, 
the coaching never really changes all that much. The style of play changes a little bit. Um, like LSU this year, who would have thought they would have been an explosive offense. I, I can't ever recall imagining them ever having an explosive offense. They're always a defensive-minded team. Um, but and I think what helped you as well is your information was probably slightly more time, up yeah, up to date than the podcast. I mean, I was asking you Thursday or Friday, yeah. And the podcast had come out on the Thursday morning, so you know I can only work with what I'm given. Well, and... the quarterback was injured. Yeah, but they would have known that on the Thursday, surely. Well, yeah, they knew it because he didn't play on the Sunday before. Exactly, but not one of them mentioned it. Do they watch the games? Oh, well, you know, I'm doing all right so far, so I'm presuming... <laughs> and the thing is, these three guys, they each give a lock of the week, and it's a very entertaining podcast, even if you don't put any money on it. And they do this thing where if all three of them get, they'll do a lock unity, and they play music and stuff, and this is one of their lock unities, and so far they're six and two on the season on lock unity, so I thought, well, that's that's got to come in. And then Murph's telling me that this guy's injured, and he's probably not going to... So Brian's not going to run the football because he's got a hamstring injury and he missed a game. And by the way, when they uh, when he missed a game, they were shut out. So yeah, and, George, you know, the, <laughs> and that's key information. They didn't mention this. I thought, well, I didn't think anything of it because they didn't mention it, so I didn't know. And then Murph <laughs> said, "Well, this this probably won't happen." I'm thinking, but they, these three guys have all said get on it, and I'm thinking, uh, and, and yeah, it didn't come in. Funnily enough, so fire up your SEC questions to Murph. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I, I you know, I just. So my plan this week is to listen on Thursday or Friday Fire and then run over my my bet slip to you before punching the ticket. That's going to be that's going to be oh, that's my pressure because there, there's someone else who runs um, betting advice through me. I'm like I, I don't bet like I don't bet. So no, but you have the knowledge to help. Yeah, but if playing <laughs> with someone else's money, I mean, it, it's my own money. I wouldn't care. But with someone else's money, you, you care. Probably more, and exactly. So, give me your advice. <laughs> well, I will do. I just if if that advice, I give you. The, it's a process, right? I'm only right whatever percentage of the time, and um, I I'm happily answer college football questions. I am not a college football expert. I stress that quite heavily, but I do watch college football. I do watch SEC football where I can, and if not, I do catch up on the games. I do watch. It's it's hard to watch every game. Uh, it's impossible to watch every game, um, but I watch snippets of games and just try and follow trends and I follow the news through the week and try and monitor what's what's going on um especially it's quite a good time to be a gator so I'm a bit more in than normally the you know when we had uh coach McElwain or McElwain however you want to pronounce his name coach Numpty uh in charge I really got disinfused with the uh, Gators for a few years because the football was pretty terrible but under coach Marlin he's doing a good job but Gators are nine and two think we're in the top 10 we were 11th like to think we jump back into the top 10 this week um, we're not going to make the college playoffs but we're going to get a good bowl game we have one game left this season which is against fsu it's a bit of a dumpster fire so i'd like to think we walk away with a dub there 10 and 2 seasons good for us try and win a bowl game shout but, out to the central michigan chippewas as well having a much better year this year so fire up chips funny enough what's the correlatory link between them coach numpty McElwain is their head coach uh, and we did say that we were going to abandon them after they hired him. I I just can't support any team that that man. Is no, that's fine. I'm, I was just saying. So that. I have unfortunately ba- abandoned them this season, and we'll abandon them for the seasons until they go forevermore. Yeah, but it's okay because uh, the Buccaneers drafted a Chippewa in Sean Murphy Bunting. So 
uh, I'll have that to take with me from our season slash half a season of watching. Uh, and shout out to your boy Stocks because I've first year of college fantasy football with Ash, and uh, the both of us have made the final four, which is this week and next week. Uh, who's who's going to win? Well, I'm going to win it because my team is pretty good. Ash and I are not meeting in the semi-final, so you could have an all-five-yard fantasy football final. Which who are you playing with? What do you mean? Well, I, I don't know. Ash league. messaged me like 25 seconds before the draft started and said, Stocks, I need someone. Do you want in? And I said, you're all right. I don't know anything <laughs> about college fantasy. And it turns out so, you don't need to. So you <laughs> so you had not watched any, not a lot of college fantasy, uh, college football, said, oh, I'll do a draft, be funny. And you're in the semifinals. You're, you're what, the two seed? One, the two seed. Two right, seed. so you're the two seed. <laughs> do you want to know something funny about this? I auto-drafted. <laughs> <laughs> No, but to be fair, I uh, my auto draft was pretty good. Um, oh, it's quite a good. deep league. It's either twelve or fourteen teams. I've made some sterling moves on the wire because there are three hundred ninety-four college teams to pick from. Yes. So there's lots of availability on the waiver wire. And yeah, the two games I've lost, I lost to Ash because he put up his highest score by a country mile. And then I lost to the guy who's in top because he beat me. He had a couple of guys who scored fifty points. So. <laughs> I'm just getting over the fact that you have never really watched college football. Nope. You auto draft and you got the two seed. Yeah, I should be the one seed because every other week I've spanked everybody. <laughs> oh my god! Absolutely. I want to meet the people you're playing. With. Well, I, I, I think of it. I'm like, do you know you're basically losing to a bot? Yeah. Well, I'm not losing. Well, no, it's in the other people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not an active league, and I think it was just people trying to get into college fantasy football. And I'll be honest, I've never played college fantasy football. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, yeah, when you're winning, it's quite... It's quite no, no, I enjoy it because there's lots of people to choose from. Well, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, you know, whatever. So, go me. Woo! No, listen, I'm impressed. Like. It's I mean, it's it's made another it's made Saturdays interesting for fantasy football wise. Yeah, I I I don't think I'll be doing one next year. No, you say that now, Murph. Well, I know I I can't see me. <laughs> I I you don't have to be good at it. It's not well, no, <laughs> clearly not. What do you mean? How dare you? <laughs> My I team mean, is I... legit every week. But, what, what, what is next? You're going to go join like a fantasy lacrosse league or something like that? Go, well, I don't even know what the rules of the game are. But it's all right. I got handy Mr. Autodraft along to come and help. Funny you should say that, Murph. There is a lacrosse team that is called the Sashkawan Rush, and their hashtag is Rush Nation. There's a cross there. So from La- Canada. Yeah. Well, they're playing lacrosse, and I'm sure there's a That fans. explains why we rank in Canada. They think we're like some elite fan group of this of this team. Yeah, that's disappointing. Or we're carrying the lacrosse team. Yeah, could think about it that way. I don't know. Canada's a bit of a you know, lacrosse. Lacrosse over there might be as bigger than like football. Well, I know nothing about lacrosse. So if there is a lacrosse fantasy football, hit me up. I actually know a little bit about lacrosse. So my uh, he's not my brother, as in a blood brother. But he, I basically, I went to school with a friend. I lived with a family for a bit and lived with him for a bit and um at his parents house and he went to a high school and he made the lacrosse team having known absolutely nothing about lacrosse so he's possible <laughs> yeah but he played the sport so he uh, yeah, I mean, played, that's a they're basically his school formed a team and were like we're gonna play lacrosse 
and it was a bunch of students and his mate set it up and he was like Mark do you want to play and he was like yeah sure I'll play and uh, yeah and I went and watched him play several times uh, lacrosse it's a very fascinating sport it's basically a big stick a ball and lots of hitting of people so if you play fantasy lacrosse hit me up because I'm game yeah in fact I'd be really surprised if there's a fantasy lacrosse league Mm, yeah that's a shame I mean, is it? I don't need any more fantasy in my life. I've got plenty as it is. Although in January you're going to be. By the way, how does the? I know we're getting sidelined again, but I'm fascinated by this concept of um, fantasy. You're probably football. asking the wrong person, but carry on. Your playoffs. Mm-hmm. When when are your playoffs held? This week is week. This is essentially the NFL semi-final. Yeah, semi-final. So this is the semi-final, and then next week is the final. Yeah. So the actual bowl games that the the games that actually matter in a college football season there's no there's no no because i guess not everyone not all the teams get to the bowl it's the same no as you've the, got to have a winning record exactly so it's the same as the nfl playoffs i suppose well no because there's hundreds of teams to make the, you basically you, you it's not like uh 60 it's not like uh 12 teams it's a lot of teams make the, make bowl games okay, bowl games go on for like three weeks i mean it'd be a long playoff but yeah i don't know i yeah it's this week and next week Okay. So, uh, Ian from Ian's Dream Team or whatever your name is, I'm going to smash you this week. He probably doesn't listen. Ian, listen. He's probably a bolt. He's probably a bot. He's no, he's bot. not. Ash knows all these people, apparently. Ah, uh, okay. I mean, they've all made waiver moves, except some Miami dude down the bottom who's fielded nobody all year. What a lad. I know. And the guy who's in first place, I thought, oh, I might be able to catch him. Played him last week, so got a dirty win. Nice. Damn you, Miami man. Damn you. <laughs> right, Murph, it's time for the injury report. Over to you, sir. Fire away. Yeah, so this is coming uh, on the back of the Tuesday report. So uh, some of this might have changed by the time you get to this. Um, but just keep an eye out on the injury report uh, every week. Um, there's going to be uh, additions throughout the week that I'm not going to talk about now because they haven't happened yet. And therefore. No, talk about them now, Murph. The talk future. about them now. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, unlike you, Mr. Lacrosse Autobot Man over there, uh, I can't see into the future. Um, and I don't have bots that help me uh, work out what injuries are in advance. So I'm going to whistle through these. Um, Deshaun Watson picked up a high uh, ankle sprain, and he is probably going to go in week 12. He's a machine. Matt Stafford is out for week 12 with this back spine fractures uh, incident. Uh, I read a report that it could be six weeks, so... Might not come back for the rest of the season. In fact, if I'm Detroit, I'm probably not playing him at all. Winston picked up a left ankle sprain. He says he's good to go. Uh, he will go on Sunday. Mitch Jabitsky with that right hip pointer that we talked about. Um, he is questionable um, as to whether or not he goes. Matt Nagy would like him to play. It'd be interesting to see what happens. Um, James Connor uh, has uh, re-aggravated a, 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 an injury. And as a result, he is doubtful. He's got an AC sprain, so he's doubtful for this week. Benny Stell is questionable after his meniscus was taken out. Um, Matt Breeder uh, has got an ag- aggravated left load ankle sprain. He is questionable uh, this week. Marlon Mack, as we mentioned on Tuesday, is out with that metacarpal fracture. Uh, hand injury. Um, <laughs> Devonna Freeman has got a foot and ankle injury. He is doubtful. I would say he is out this week against the Buccaneers. Um, Jordan Howard has got a stinger. He is questionable this week. Chase Edmonds has a left hamstring strain from the last couple of weeks. He is doubtful this week. Chris Thompson has got a toe injury. He is doubtful this week. 
Jordan Wilkins, uh, left ankle injury. He is questionable this week, I would say, because it's a Thursday night game. He's probably not going to make it. Uh, so when we get to... Um, we did the Wave of Wire show. Um, Monday. Monday. I always forget what these days of the weeks are. <laughs> it's a complicated thing. I mean, it's not like they come around every week in the same order. Oh, stop it. Um, so, yeah, that's why we mentioned... Uh, you might want to pick up Jonathan Williams and start him this week. Uh, Adam Phelan has still got a hamstring strain. He's on the bye this week, so there's no, nothing to worry about there. T.Y. Hilton has got a calf strain. He is questionable this week. Paris uh, Campbell with that hand fracture is doubtful this week. Juju's got concussion, left knee injury. I don't think he goes this week. I don't think it matters. I think if you've got Juju on your roster, you should probably drop him unless it's Dynasty or a deeper league. Deontay Johnson also has a concussion. He is questionable. I'd lean towards him not going as well. Alshon Jeffrey missed on Sunday. He is questionable. Um, not sure he goes. AJ Green, he's been on the injury list uh, since 1983. Whoa. He is doubtful. Uh, <laughs> and again, probably won't go. Auden Tate suffered a really nasty hit. He got stretched off. He... He's listed as doubtful. I don't think he goes this week. Philip Dorsett's got a concussion. I don't think he goes this week, but he's listed as questionable. Brandon Cooks and Sterling Shepard, two names we've talked about for multiple weeks now. Brandon Cooks is technically questionable. Uh, Sterling Shepard is doubtful. I'd be surprised if either came back this week. One player coming back from injury is Will Fuller. He still has that hamstring strain, but he is listed as probable. He should go Thursday night. Uh, Paul Richardson has got a hamstring strain. He's questionable until the year 2021. Um, <laughs> Corey Davis has got a hip injury. He is questionable slash invisible to return um, because when he comes on the field, he doesn't do anything anyway. Wow. Uh, George Kittle has got knee and ankle soreness. He is doubtful. Uh, so basically count him as out. Uh, fire up your Ross Dwellies. Uh, didn't put him in the uh, wave wire because I didn't really know what to expect. Um, but it looks like with Kittle out, if you're really desperate, you don't want to pick up um, Ryan Griffin and you don't want to pick up Jacob Hollister, then he's the other guy you want to target. Austin Hooper is out this week. Uh, I think he's out for a couple more weeks with a left MCL sprain. Evan Ingram is questionable this week. I think he could potentially go. The news out of the beat writer says there's a chance he goes. He's got a left foot sprain. Delaney Walker is another player who is, seems to have been out for years. Uh, he's got an ankle injury. He is questionable. Josh Oliver is someone who will not return this year. He has got a back injury and he is on IR. Adam Shaheen has got a foot injury. He is questionable. He's not even fantasy relevant. I don't know why they put him on here. Uh, Josh Hill <laughs> is concussion, so he is questionable. I don't think he goes. Vernon Davis has had the world's second longest concussion behind Jordan Reed. He is questionable, like he was last week and the week before. And the week before, probably say he's not going to play. Jeff Hoyerman has a knee injury. He is questionable, to be honest. He's so far down the depth chart now. That doesn't really ultimately affect your team. One player who does is kicker Robbie Gould. He's got a quadricep issue. He is questionable for this week. Um, so if you need a kicker, and for something, if you're still carrying Robbie Gould, just, just drop him. Um, you can pick him back up when he's fit. Um, it's not a big difference, as I was saying on Monday's show, between the kicker 1 and the kicker 12. Um, you can just pick a, another guy up. Matt Gay is the guy who I would recommend because he is absolute money at the moment. Actually, Matt, Murph, I've got a producer in my ear that's telling me Vernon Davis is out next week with concussion. Oh, my word. This is new information. Just, yep. <laughs> Don't catch me out like that, man. What well, am I supposed to do? I saw, I saw into the future and I thought Vernon Davis might go, but I've just been told no. No. That man needs to retire. Yes, along with uh, Jordan Reed. Just 
couple I of stopped ho- putting him on the list. Yeah, I thought you were going to drop <laughs> Vernon Davis as well, to be fair. But he's, he's uh, I was close, on. but I thought I'll leave him because he's, he's technically listed as questionable, so I need to, to do that. Fair play. Right, it's time for some start and sit advice. Coming to you a day later than normal because the news got large yesterday. <laughs> yeah, and, and the article will be up Thursday for this. So the injury report article is uh, is out now. Um, it went out this morning. And uh, so as a result, uh, start six will be out on Thursdays. As, as that's going to be the new day. It was out a day late last week. I apologize. Workload and everything kind of got a bit a bit much. Um, it's also quite a beastly article. If you've ever read it, it is a good 2,000, 2,500 words. Um, I'd like to go into quite a bit of detail. I'd like to give you the reasoning behind uh, the matchup dependent starts and sits. And uh, like to really arm you with as much information for you to make the informed decision. Because some of these could come across as, I'm not, I don't really want to follow that. And I'm trying to give you the reason why. You should, at least if you're going to play the player, understand why there's a tempered expectation on their performance. And it might be that player is still the best player on your roster to play that spot, especially at running back. Um, I've left tight ends completely out of this now because effectively almost any tight uh, tight end still fit is probably worth a start. There's a couple I could suggest you not to play. Um, Vernon Davis. Don't play Vernon Davis. Davis. Uh, Don't play OJ Howard. You can cut him now. He gone. Uh, (laughs) He gone. You can cut... I'm just thinking, or you could, if players in your roster, you can probably cut. Mm. I'm just thinking, there isn't really that many because it's such if a. If you've got them, you're playing them. You? Yeah, the you're, you're almost sort of buried into. Um, I, I, I don't like Everett this week against Baltimore. Um, I'm not a big fan of Dawson Knox this week. He's someone that I'm not really happy with the uh, performances he's put up. Uh, I wouldn't play Witten or. Jarwin this week against the Patriots. Those are the sorts of players that I'd be benching. Uh, fire up Jacob Hollisters. Fire up uh, even Ryan Griffin for this week. Probably looks a pretty good bet against Oakland. Um, all your usual guys. Definitely players that you want to be targeting. Uh, your Wallers, your uh, Ertzes, your Dallas Goddard's another player you can pick up off the waiver wire. He is still only owned in like 20% of the leagues and he is, uh, over the last few weeks, been the tight end 11 or 12, so he's uh, good enough to start. So let's start at the top at your ball slingers with two first-round quarterbacks from last year. The first one's Baker Mayfield against the Organic Fish Tank and the Miami Dolphins. And then Sam Donald is facing the Raiders. Yeah, so start with, with um, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is, uh, I'd say, finding a little bit of form. He, he's... He's not been great. Um, he's had a pretty bad season. Uh, the schedule was tougher. It's on a n- much nicer turn now. Uh, he's got in his next three of his next four games of Miami, who they're playing this week. Um, then he's got Pittsburgh after that, which is a bit of a tough game. But then he's got Cincinnati and Arizona in there. So he's got a really good run of schedule. So if you are, uh, if you've got say Jared Goff, uh, he can go and bring in Baker Mayfield at least to your fantasy playoffs. Um, if you're sort of harboring Jameis, I'd probably still lean Jameis just because he does have very good fantasy production despite the fact that what you're seeing on tape isn't as good. Uh, he's averaging 19.6 points per game since week two. So, you know, he's someone that you should keep with unless you've got a better option. You know, I've got a lot of leagues where I've got Lamar and Jameis, so that's a different kind of scenario because Jameis isn't going to get in my lineup there. Um, but um, if you have... 
you know, a quarterback is just not really performing. Josh, uh, Josh Allen can go now. You can, you can dump him. Uh, he's got a, a really difficult stretch of fixtures coming in now. So you can, you can drop him for Baker Mayfield at least for the next four weeks. Um, and then you can kind of make a decision where you want to go from, from there for the playoffs. Um, maybe pick up a, a QB in week 13 in anticipation of the playoffs if you're going to get there. Um, but the reason, other than the fact it's it's Miami. Miami have given up 23 touchdowns to quarterbacks. They've given up over 2,500 yards in 10 games. Um, Baker Mayfield, as I mentioned, his last two games has thrown multiple touchdowns for the first time this season. Um, they're giving up 21.8 points to quarterbacks on average, um, which puts them sort of seventh overall. Um, they've got some really bad defenses ahead of them. Um, and they're not the worst defense on the schedule, but ultimately Baker's finding a little bit... Um, He's starting to get on side with people like OJ, um, OBJ, and 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 Jarvis Landry's had a, a, an all right year, so uh, I'd go with Baker in that one. Um, Sam Darnold has had two excellent games. Uh, he's been on waiver wire twice in a row. Uh, last week he got four touchdowns. Um, this week he's got Oakland, who rank worse than Miami. They're giving up twenty two point one points per game. They're also giving up twenty four touchdowns to Miami's twenty three. Wow. They're giving up two thousand eight hundred and seventeen yards in ten games. That's two hundred and eighty one yards uh, a game to quarterbacks. Um, they've also given up a, a rushing score there as well. So uh, yeah, I really like uh, Sam Darnold this week. I think he can pick apart a bad Oakland defense. Uh, I think that's a shootout game for me. Um, they found a bit of form. They, and, and Sam Donald, as I said on Monday, is we saw it last season. He had some injuries. He missed some time. Took a couple of games to get settled. And then he was the highest graded quarterback in December and the most efficient quarterback in terms of QBR rating. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems to be someone that finishes a year very strong. I can imagine him doing the same again this year. 100%. On to running backs. Jonathan Williams against the Houston Texans. And then Derek Henry. It's Derek Henry time of year. Rush Nation against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. So uh, start with, with Jonathan Williams. I think Jonathan Williams is going to be the primary uh, back here uh, on Thursday. Uh, he looked very good this week. He rushed for over 100 yards. He had one reception for 31 yards as well. So he had over 140 yards from scrimmage. Um, he's not uh, the heavy-duty uh, catching back, um, but there really isn't a lot. It's him and Naheem Hines. Naheem Hines is probably startable in a flex uh, if you've got him in this game, unless you've got better options. But in a deeper league, Naheem Hines is, is not a bad option to, to roll out there this week either. Um so looking a little bit at what Houston do, uh, they're pretty poor uh, on D. Uh, the one thing is they don't give up a lot of touchdowns uh, on the ground. They have only given up three touchdowns on the ground, but they're giving up 150 yards a game to, to running backs. Uh, that's both in the air and on the ground. Uh, it works out to be 27.2 points across a running back team uh, against them. So they rank us on ninth. Um, but I think with Brissett still nursing a little bit of an injury, I think they're not going to put everything on his workload. They might not have T.Y. Hilton, so they might not want to launch the ball in the air that much. I think they get ahead, and I think they try and control the game and pace of the game with running the ball quite a lot. And I can see Williams getting uh, over 100 yards. Whether he gets the score or not, I think, is the the real questionable part there. Derek Henry, I mean, Derek Henry is a must-start every week. And, and people talk about how good this Jacksonville defense has been. It's actually terrible against the run. I mean, I mean, it's awful. I mean, it's worse than Houston's. So Jacksonville have the fourth worst 
uh, defense against the run to fantasy running backs. Um, they've given up eight touchdowns in 10 games. They've given up over 1,100 yards on the ground and next year 460 in the air. They've also given up four touchdowns in the air. So that's 12 touchdowns they've given up to, to running backs. Uh, to put that in perspective, the only team doing worse than them in that category is Detroit, who have given up 17. Hmm. Um, Kansas City have given up 13, but they've done it in 11 games. So, you know, to give up 12 um, touchdowns to running backs is quite severe. They're giving up 28.3 fantasy points a game to a running back consortium. So uh, I think Derek Henry in a division game, I think, is going to feast. Um, you know, he's a pretty boring north-south runner. Doesn't catch a lot, but... You get your yardage. Yeah, he has been pretty consistent this year. Mm-hmm. Consistently. Unexciting, but very consistent. Yeah, very below the radar has Derek Henry been this year. On to pass catchers. Calvin Ridley versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they can't defend for Toffee against wide receivers. And then Scary Terry, Terry McLaurin against the Detroit Lions. Yeah, so we'll take Calvin Ridley. So Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones are must-starts in this game. Tampa Bay are the worst team um, against wide receivers when it comes to defense. Um, I mean, it, it, it's a, they're abysmally bad. I mean, they're, they're on pace to be one of the worst passing defenses ever in the history of the NFL. Wow. And by that, they've already given up 18 touchdowns to wide receivers, 17 of them in the air, one on the ground. They've given up over 2,000 yards. They've given up over 150 receptions off 239 targets. I mean, people are actively targeting. You've got uh, potentially two rookie uh, cornerbacks that will be playing in this game. Well, sorry, a second year and a rookie cornerback in this game. Um, fire everyone up against uh, the Tampa defense, except Brian Hill. Brian Hill, I'd sit this week, as I said on Monday. You can probably cut him now because he's got the Saints after this as well. And then Devonta Freeman will be back. So um, This could well be the Julio Jones 300 yards, two touchdown game, couldn't it? Uh, I mean, the, I wouldn't rule that out. That, that's how ludicrous it is. Uh, I'd expect both these guys, but Matt Ryan on form to to really pick it apart. This this is this game could be forty five, thirty eight. Like it could be ridiculous. Um, and I I think Atlanta are going to put up a lot of points. Um, the the Tampa Bay defense are giving up forty six point seven fantasy points a game to wide receivers. Rocky. I mean it's a lot. <laughs> so um, yeah, so probably Calvin Ridley, decent shot. Yeah, and then. Um, Scary Terry against Detroit. Now, Detroit, I mentioned how bad they are against the run. They're slightly better against uh, the pass, but they're still not amazing. They've given up 11 touchdowns this year. They're giving up 183 yards a game on uh, to wide receivers, and they're giving up 38.5 points per game. Um, Detroit are also not got the benefit of Matt Stafford, who would have long pulsating drives and keep the ball more. They've got Jeff Driscoll, who isn't terrible, as, as we kind of said, he's He's okay, but those drives tend to be quite short. They tend to be quite quick. Um, they don't tend to be these long drives. So the offense aren't going to be on the field as much as if Matt Stafford was there. So as a result, uh, this Detroit team is going to, um, I think they're going to give up a lot of yards and a lot of catches to McLaurin. I don't think McLaurin's going to, he might threaten the end zone, he might get in. But Washington, as I said on Monday, don't score a lot of points. But I do think in a PPR format, half PPR format, I think McLaurin gets targeted. I think he gets yards. I think he gets separation. He might not do it in the end zone. He might do it in the end zone. But I still think he's going to have a good day regardless. 100%. Right. It's time for the uh, people who are going to be sitting on chairs. Start with the quarterback. 
I don't even know where this first one's in here. Jared Goff versus Baltimore. Sit him down. And Josh Allen versus my orange and blue embarrassment of a Denver Broncos. Yeah, so we'll take uh, Jared Goff first against Baltimore. Baltimore have severely upgraded, especially uh, having Marcus Peters. They are uh, an elite D now, uh, whereas they weren't before. They're actually sixth against uh, quarterbacks, giving up 14.7 points per game. And Goff has been pretty terrible. He didn't put up another... Uh, he did put up another good performance on, on Monday night or um, Sunday night. So they've given up Baltimore nine touchdowns t- uh, passing in ten games and a rushing touchdown, but they have eight interceptions. <laughs> so uh, scary good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yardage won't be a problem. It doesn't really affect the, the fancy needle scoring too much. Um, I just don't think Jared Goff is going to give you a good game at all. I don't even know why he's on your roster. You can sit him. Um, as I kind of mentioned with Josh Allen, he's someone you could probably get rid of now. He he had a really good schedule, um, did really well, but this is the type of year, uh, type of time now that uh, you can get rid of him. Um, he will get uh, he'll get you uh, potentially a rushing touchdown, um, but interceptions is going to be an issue. Denver have five on the year, which isn't like huge amount, but it's one every two games. Um, and he's, Josh Allen does throw jump balls. He throws jump balls. He's a bit risky. He doesn't throw the, field, or the ball massively downfield, and he's not overly accurate at doing so. But if he ever attempts to throw one down to John Brown, and Chris Harris is there, he's going to get the Chris Harris treatment. Um, I mean, Chris Harris has been incredible all season long, and mm-hmm. then he has a bad 30 minutes against Stefan Diggs. And, you know, they, they lose the game on that. But he has been incredible. And if he comes back to back to the earth... You know, I think Josh Allen's going to be in for a tough day. Uh, he might save you with rushing protection and rushing touchdowns, but there are better options out there right now that I would have. Yeah, I think Jared Goff, this could be one of those games where Baltimore absolutely shut out the Rams. If they cover the Rams receivers, I mean, obviously we don't think Brandon Cooks is going to go. If they can cover Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and Gerald Everett the way they covered Nuke and Kiki Cutie at the weekend, that's it. It's over because Jared Goff... He can't make the throws that Watson makes. So I, th- I think this could be one of the games where Baltimore really, really sever the Rams' head. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think it, it, it's really worrying for what's going on. And, and for me right now, they're going to miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I, I can't see a route for them to, to get back in. The 49ers keep winning. The Seahawks keep winning. Uh, you need 10 wins for the, for the wild card. Because one of those two teams is going to be a wild card. So they're going to need 10 wins to get in. Mm, yeah. And I can't see them, you know, they need four from six to get there. And I can't overly see it. Yeah, no, me either. Moving on to running backs who you should sit this week. Royce Freeman, Fre- Freeman? Royce Freeman, apologies, versus Buffalo. And then Todd Gurley versus Baltimore. Yeah, so uh, we'll start with... We start with Royce Freeman. This isn't so much on the matchup. Buffalo aren't bad, but they're not a great run defense. They're much better against the pass and against quarterbacks. Uh, Buffalo have given up rushing touchdowns, which is uh, eight. Um, they've given up almost 100 yards a game to, to running backs. But Royce Freeman's production is going less and less and less and less and less. And to the point where it's it's negligible how much impact he's he's having in games now. So... Um, it's very clear who is the the lead back there, um, and it is Phil Lindsay. He's, he's really this was more of a timeshare at the start of the season. Uh, it's not now. Royce Freeman is a person that if you're really struggling, then 
starting, but he's not going to get you a lot of points. Um, Todd Gurley against uh, Baltimore. Baltimore, again, they're not necessarily the best at keeping out uh, running running teams. Uh, they've given up nine touchdowns in, or ten touchdowns to running backs in ten games, nine on the ground. Uh, one, yeah, they're a bit stingy in yardage. They're giving up about 80 yards a game to running backs. But the way that the game is going to go in the game script like, is as you described. If you take the passing options away, and we've seen this from the Rams already, we know what's going to happen. The Rams could potentially go down quite early by quite a bit. We can see Lamar <laughs> scoring on his first three possessions, uh, marking and running and whatever, and then you, all of a sudden you can see them being down like 21-3. And they're going to abandon the run because that is what they do when they when they're down in a hole. They abandon the run. Um, Choco had a great game on Sunday, but they were controlling the game. They were in control for the majority of that game, and they could allow Gurley to to make those runs. But you've got a bad offensive line mixed in with the fact that they're going to have uh, a really negative game script for Gurley anyway because they'll probably be chasing the game. And then you've got a quarterback who's throwing a lot of. He's fumbling and in, throwing a lot of interceptions, as we talked about last week. So I don't like this matchup for Gurley. He might rescue it on the ground and get uh, touchdowns. And it, I get it's a really hard decision to sit Todd Gurley because who are you going to put in over him? Mm. It, it, it is hard. And maybe you don't sit him and maybe you play him. And I, I completely support that logic. Just be prepared that he is going to have a very low-scoring game. And he might save it with a goal-line carry. He might. Yeah. It might go to Malcolm Brown. It might go to Darrell Henderson. They might not get near the goal line. <laughs> it, it, who really knows at this stage what is going to happen? I tell you what, I'm going to make a bold prediction. Okay. You will see Blake Bortles throw the ball on Sunday. I like it. At some point. I like it. It's distinctly possible in the way we've just described how that game could go. Yeah. Jared Goff could see the bench. Then finally, moving on to wide receivers, Michael Gallup versus the Patriots and John Brown versus Denver. Yeah, so kind of talked about Brown already. Um, with when we talked about Josh Allen, he's going to get Chris Hammer, uh, Chris Harris treatment. Uh, to give you an idea, Denver have only given up six um, touchdowns to wide receivers. When we were talking about Tampa, and they've given up eighteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's significantly less in the same amount of games. Very stingy on yardage. Uh, they're only giving up 142 yards to a whole um, wide receiver group, well. which is a game, which is, again, pretty good. Um, that's not too far off. Uh, Dallas, who surprisingly, no, actually, it's the Chargers who surprisingly lead that category. <laughs> they're only giving up uh, 129. Um, so it's a pretty good, uh, efficient offense, uh, defense even. And then Chris Harris has, again, been outstanding this season, so... I just don't see a route to John Brown having the kind of games he's had over the last uh, couple of weeks. Um, Michael Gallup is, is purely situation. It's it's against New England. Uh, New England have given up um, not a lot. <laughs> uh, they've given up two touchdowns this season, one in the air, one on the ground to running backs. Um, they're only giving up 25.2 points per game to an entire group. Um, I think this is a game that you might see Cooper get a lot of short grabs. Um, you might see Randall Cobb get some production in this game. I just think the long ball is not really suited to how you play against um, the Patriots. And as a result, I just don't see Gallup getting sustainable production in this game. There's nothing against Gallup. I, I, I think in almost every game that you play in New England, you have to accept the fact that 
the wide receiver two, wide receiver three in that game is going to be pretty inefficient. So and, and sometimes even the wide receiver one, because Stefan Gilmon is, is breathing down people's throats up there at the moment. It's very difficult for me not to put any wide receiver going against the Patriots in uh, in the lockdown article. And then, uh, just side note on that, Marvin Jones has been in there twice now and he's burned me massively both times. And I put, <laughs> So I didn't put him in this week and I put a footnote in, uh, maybe temper expectations on Marvin Jones this week. I'm not suggesting you don't play him, but he's taking, he's got a hard matchup and then I think he gets into the end zone twice. So, to be fair, one of them is quite fluky. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. Just I think every time I mention Marvin Jones, my article he goes off. So if you are a Marvin Jones owner and you need him to go off, which we we own a lot of him, so I'll keep t- I'll keep adding him. <laughs> I'll keep putting him in there. <laughs> I was gonna say I got a lot of Marvin Jones this year. So, so yeah, yeah, that that was your start sits rush nation. Whew. It would be remiss of me if I didn't say let's finish this podcast with some Murph on the streets. Sure. Uh, okay, so what do we got? Uh, so in the past 65 years, uh, only two QBs have rushed for seven touchdowns in consecutive seasons. Cam Newton mm. and Josh Allen. No, this cannot be true. It is. <sighs> Did Lamar get in for seven last year? No, because he only played half a season. So next year, we might add Lamar to that list. That's next season. Because Lamar se- has seven this season. Yeah, that's... Maybe eight now. Mm, yeah, I don't know off the top of my head. Okay. Josh Allen. That's why you're our boy, son. Josh Allen. Forever making plays. (laughs) Blowing bubbles. (laughs) Uh, Where else are we going to? Um, So of the hundreds of running backs, I love this stat, by the way, who have totaled at least 60 carries in a season in the Super Bowl era, Caelan Balazs' current 1.91 yards per carry would rank dead last. The closest to him currently is Deja Kareem, who ran 2.06 yards per carry in 2011. Outside these two players, no one has ever finished below 2.25 yards per carry. So, Kalen Balazs is in danger of becoming the only player in the history of the NFL with 60 carries who has averaged uh, less than two yards a carry. <laughs> Which, basically, let's put this in perspective, that is the equivalent of taking two steps forward and falling over with the ball at the front. <laughs> I could do that. Do you know who else could do that? <laughs> The veggie burger who was voted more popular than Kalen Balaj. Uh, Kalen Balaj. Just the worst running back ever to play football. He gives it's all hope that we all have a chance in the NFL one day. No, mine's gone. Uh, I mentioned Jakeem Grant. I said we'd bring it up. And we have um, going, you know, he is here in the streets. So he ran in a 101-yard uh, kickoff return. Um, he actually travelled for that 138.1 yards because he went sideline to sideline. Uh, and he makes it the longest run of the season according to Next Gen Stats. My favourite bit about that run was the fact that he made the kicker look stupid with a duke. And I, I think... By the way, I want to know, and I'm glad you brought this up, I want to know why kickers don't practice tackling. They should. That was definitely attackable to be attempted. If he, he might not have made it fair because his anticipation. He's right next to him. I know exactly. He could have touched him, but he, he definitely gave up on Steven that tackle. Hauschka, shame on you. Mm-hmm. Um, Denver's blown twenty to nothing halftime lead is the first time in over five years a team has blown a lead of at least twenty points or more at halftime. Uh, in that time, the league were ninety nine and zero when leading twenty to nothing or better at halftime. Congratulations, boys. That is, that is, that is, that is atrocious. I thought, the, I thought the Buccaneers had done that, but apparently not. <laughs> that's so bad. I mean, I, it was, it got inevitable in the end. I was texting, I was like, oh, he's down the three. This is the end of it. And then Brandon Allen, and bless Brandon Allen, I think he had a, a good fist to this. Um, he got all the way down to near enough the goal line and it just didn't quite happen at the end there. But 
I thought it was sad. Um, the Eagles in one of another terrible game on Sunday night. Imagine having Oakland and the Bengals with um, <laughs> the Eagles and um, Patriots. the Patriots, and both those second halves revolved around uh, an eight-point score for the Patriots, and that was it. And then two field goals, one each for the Bengals and the Raiders. I mean, that was tough watching. That's why I went to bed. Um, the Eagles had a 16-play, 95-yard touchdown drive. They only scored a game, or only touchdown a game against the Patriots, where they tried to take this away from... Uh, it was actually not ruled a touchdown. They had to uh, get a review to do it. Uh, it was the longest touchdown drive in terms of yardage that the Patriots have allowed since a 99-yard drive in Week 4 of 2011 against the Raiders. Wow. That's a long time. Eight years. Yeah, no wonder they win Super Bowls. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're pretty good. Yeah, they are. Win a three uh, With a three-yard rush touchdown by Joe Mixon, the Bengals had their first rushing touchdown this season by a player not called Andy Dalton. That is a shocking stat. <laughs> first That's of all, you owe 10 points. that it isn't a five-yard rush. I mean, come on, Joe, sort your life out. And then rush. secondly, how is Andy Dalton the only rushing touchdown scorer on the Bengals? He's got three. And he's been benched. Andy Dalton has been absolutely robbed of his career at the Bengals. I must say, Joe Mixon's touchdown was incredible. He didn't run, he ran more than five. He ran like yeah, 13 it yards. It was inc- It was all Joe Mixon. Yeah, it was brilliant. Um, Miami Dolphins are the 12th team since the since uh, at least 1991 to recover an onside kick and return a kickoff for a touchdown in the same game. By the way, did you see the recovery? Oh, the onside kick? Yeah. That is magic. Pure magic. That's all on the kicker. And the coaching staff. Yeah, no, 100%. To, to go for it before the half and do that, I was... Uh, but Jason Sanders, take a bow. That was... Uh, it was perfect. Oh, it was nailed Absolutely on. perfect. Scuffed straight on it. Yeah. Loved it. Uh, and he wasn't he wasn't scared about jumping on it either, was he? No. There was no Stephen Hauschka about that. Not one tiny bit. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, go and check it out because it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, definitely. And we're going to end the podcast with Darius Geis, uh, who has returned to action. He played nine snaps. Um, he got a receiving touchdown... And it snapped a 16-quarter stretch of no touchdowns by the Redskins. That streak was the longest by any team since the year 2000, when the Ravens went 21 quarters without a score that year. That team went on to win the Super Bowl that year. How is that possible? Well, the Redskins are winning the Super Bowl, baby. <laughs> They're no. going to run the table. No, no, no. no. They're going to run the table, win no. the division. 21 quarters. That's <laughs> five games, and you won the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you'd love that. I don't believe it. Welcome back to the NFL, Darius, guys. It's nice to see you on the gridiron. Yeah, hope you make it to the end of the season. Yeah, me too. Um, a special mention to David Johnson for playing uh, seven snaps on Sunday with not a single touch of the ball. Got you another donut if you played him. We told you not to. Uh, drop him. Drop, drop him. Drop, drop him, him like it's hot. Man, I'm so excited for tomorrow. Uh, that Saturdays, Fridays, man, like Murph said, who knows what day of the week it is. It's not like it happens every week. <laughs> Stole your joke, sorry. You're uh, welcome. Bad, terrible news. Yeah, Friday's guest is going to be absolutely fire. He's always fun, so it's going to be a good one. Look forward to the takeaway tomorrow. That's also going to be a good one. Is it going to be a korma? I don't know yet. Yeah, I've not burger. decided. I've not decided. What do we had so far? We've had curry, Chinese, pizza. I might go out. I might... Sticking some Vietnamese pho or something. I'm not sure yet. Ooh. Spicy. I could go pho. With that being said, Murph, we should head out and get some dinner and chat more football. Rush Nation, this has been fun as always. Big man, I will catch you on the weekend. 
But until we grace your earlobes, earlobes, if you're listening on your earlobes, you're not listening, right? <laughs> yeah, the, the uh, Apple Pods or whatever it is that the kids listen to devices yeah. and things these days. Uh, don't forget those reviews. Uh, you can ask me anything. Like. Yeah, as long as it's safe for work, ask Murph for the five-star review. Can't wait for the first one of those. But Rush Nation, until next week, enjoy your football and keep rushing. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.